0: I read about all the news about climate change and all that other stuff that's happening and I ask myself, so I'm just going to read and feel sour and bitter about it and, you know, oh, do I I decide to change my internal climate to ask myself where's my contribution or value towards um, being on this planet?
1: Hi, I'm Shubhra, and welcome to the Shift with Shubhra podcast. Every week, I share and have a chat with guest experts uh, to dig deep into topics on what nourishes us, mind, body, and soul. So please join me as we shift perceptions and break negative mindsets and be a step closer to a more joyful and energized life. And today's conversation, we have Balan Gopal from Herb in a Cup. Now, gardening can be a productive way to pass time during the social distancing period, while also adding some greenery and potentially food to your home. With schools closed until further notice, indoor gardening is also a way to keep kids entertained and engaged, and let's be honest, like a lot more connected to Mother Nature and planet Earth which is so obviously very important as we're seeing with current you know days of climate change effects as well as what we're going through now with COVID-19. While most of us do not have the luxury of owning a spacious outdoor space to grow you know a formidable garden, um, a small deck or even a patio some of us do not have, Uh, sometimes just a tiny little space in your kitchen or if you do have a little planter space, uh, it's sufficient to bring just that little bit of greenery into your home, and you can cultivate a little indoor garden that way. So today, as I said, we're going to be speaking to Balen, and Balen is a personal fitness trainer as well as an urban farmer. Balen has been featured by The Straits Times as well as Home and Decor magazine. He's the father of two, and he has inspired many fellow Singaporeans to basically elevate their home garden game. Uh, he has taught them how he can, they can incorporate recycling into their home garden space by using, you know, old soft drink bottles and styrofoam boxes. And basically, you know, incorporating recycling as part of the growing uh, of their home-based garden or mini based garden so i am so excited for you to meet balan so let's take it to the interview with balan gopal from herb in the cup who is an urban father as well as a personal fitness trainer okay hi balan welcome to hi, the shift hi hi welcome to shift to shiver podcast um, so i just gave a you know i, I just want to, I introduce you a little bit saying about herb in the cup and that you're an urban farmer. And, um, But you know, we never really covered your background previously to this. So I just wanted to ask you if you could share with our viewers and listeners, um, you know, how did the concept of Herb in the Cup came together? Because I remember you mentioning that you actually were in the corporate world actually before becoming a farmer and a fitness trainer. So can you share a little bit about that journey?
0: All right. Uh, so what got me started, I used to come from the corporate world uh, with your shirt and pants to work kind of thing. So I shed those clothing and right now, I'm working in the comfort of my own clothes. That's number one. Um, how did Herb in a Cup come about? What got me started, right? Um, it started with uh, climate change and food security. Climate change um, with regards to uh, the issues or challenges that the world faces from bee colony collapse, uh, you've got your um, coral bleaching, You've got pesticide uh, resistance, Um, you've got uh, plastics in the seas, uh, sea level rising. And uh, food security is another factor where 80% of our food is uh, imported from overseas. So if we were to take into consideration the challenges of the world, right? Um, And if those challenges impact the weather and the local countries cannot send food over, we might have a challenge over here. Um, that's one thing, um, creating the awareness uh, in terms of uh, education, branding that form of education towards uh, communities, organizations, I feel it's important too. So what got me started was uh, climate change and food security. Um, how did I go about doing this? I looked at uh, the world's challenges. I scaled it down to a country level and down to my level as a single user. So what could I do, right? Um, I looked at uh, waste um, in Singapore. So I started looking at coffee waste. In Singapore, we have a saying that we don't have natural resources. How I saw uh, natural resource was uh, we just have to remove that label of association and put it to that uh, coffee waste, and it becomes a natural resource to me. It's basically a byproduct. So that's in the form of abundance. So I, I looked at it as a natural resource to me. Um, I googled what you could actually do with uh, coffee waste, and a few things came up. One was you could use it as a facial scrub, uh, but don't use the moldy coffee coffee grinds. You know, use yes. the fresh ones. Yeah, yeah please okay. make
1: sure you dry them out because you're putting then mold and yeah. bacteria on your face. Mm.
0: Um, the next one was uh, to apply as a fertilizer, a gentle application to fertilize to fertilize your plants or your soil. The last one was to grow um, oyster mushrooms. So I didn't have a background in oyster mushrooms, but the internet these days, it has lots of information. Some of it is not so accurate and it's towards the local context. It's written in the local context. So I took what I felt was appropriate and I tried. And um, eventually uh, there's a philosophy that I picked up along the way Also, is to um, fail fast and fail uh, fail forward, meaning to say every time you fail, gradually you sort of refine your approach, you review your approach and then you take it forward again. Absolutely. And, hmm. yeah, um, I got it to work. I got uh, to grow the oyster mushrooms in a tub. And Do you so actually decided...
1: like oyster mushrooms as well? Otherwise you're just uh, like, yes. ah, oyster mushrooms. Yeah, sure. Let's just try that. Uh,
0: um, <laughs> oyster mushrooms, they're healthy. They come with lots of niacin and all the other antioxidants and vitamins. That's one and number two, it's um, it's kind of mysterious to me, meaning to say, if you look at a mushroom, it just sprouts out from the ground, but what's happening underneath, we don't really see it, you see. And if I could uh, try to get it growing and I could consume it, um, yeah, it's quite a wonderful uh, appreciation of the fungi itself, um, oyster mushrooms. So I tried, I failed, and I repeatedly failed, but I failed forward and I got it to work eventually, uh, growing it in tub. So. What I wanted to do was to grow them out of cups. Um, okay. So,
1: like coffee cups or. Um yes,
0: yeah, Starbucks, those kind of plastic cups.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So I decided, okay, why don't I just buy a bunch of cups and then start with it, and um, for the strangest reason, it didn't work. <laughs> okay, so I was stuck with all these cups right now. Um, so what do I do, right? I decided, hey, okay. I've sort of learned how to grow oyster mushrooms. The next thing is maybe how to grow herbs. And I have no background also, so I went to the internet. And I failed many times and I killed many plants also along the way. Um, And every failure gives you an opportunity. It's a teachable moment, meaning to say, uh, what did you learn from that experience altogether? So uh, it taught me um, not to give up and look at the actions that you're taking right now. If it's not i um, going to get you where you want to go. What are the refinements that you can actually make? So every failure, there's an opportunity or like a secret message inside of it, you know, how could you yeah. do it better?
1: Absolutely. So what, it's, a, it's a big chance to always pivot, right? Like always just take yes. a slight, slight shift. Yes. Well, that's correct. Yes. Mm.
0: So, um, you look at what could you learn from the experience, how, what you could actually change or the approach that you could change. And, um, if you've gone past all the failures, what is left is success in growing the herbs. So yeah, that's yeah. how I saw it. Yeah. So did you
1: get quite uh, successful at growing the mushrooms then? Where you were like, okay, uh, I've got this covered. It tastes good. Now let's see what's next. What can yeah, I else so, can I do?
0: So I wanted to grow these mushrooms in the cup at the present time, but for the strangest reasons, it didn't take off. So I was stuck with a problem. I had all these cups. So I learned how to grow um, herbs using plastic cups that I bought for the mushrooms.
1: Right, so it was like it was kind of like by accident, almost in a way, like oh well, I've got these cups, and now what?
0: <laughs> yes. So the I wonder what else I can grow.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the problem became the solution. I managed to get uh, the herbs growing in a cup, and eventually, I managed to get the mushrooms growing out a cup also. So how did I come about uh, herb in a cup? Was because I had a problem. I had all these cups, and I decided to grow the herbs herbs in the cup. So I got herb in a cup. That that's how it actually right. came about
1: okay yep. and then so were you in the corporate world while you were experimenting with this is that what happened you were just like i'm
0: done uh, yeah. <laughs> yes so i was sitting i had a nice desk a nice uh ergonomic chair you had um express what were you, you had doing all... in
1: the corporate world by the way i
0: was uh doing you know, i was in a tech tech technology side right
1: right okay so, so you in yeah. tech okay
0: yes so i was a tech guy Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ask me, hey, you know how do you switch over? Uh, that's the common question that I get. But it's what, what sort of made me think about uh, life on a bigger, on a larger scale, was whether what I was doing was there any uh, value add towards society. I mm. mean, uh, yeah, you you get paid, that's fine, but is there any value beyond getting paid? Yeah, so, absolutely. And I decided that, um, yeah, to take a plunge and explore uh, based on the. Because if the thought process was um, if you could solve a problem, uh, be it at a country level, be it a product or a service through a product or a service, right, you still could get paid. Yeah. So I decided to explore the challenges of the world and bring it down to the country level, down to my level, and see what could happen. And. Um, Yeah, I read about all the news about climate change and all that other stuff that's happening. And I ask myself, so I'm just going to read and feel sour and bitter about it. And, you know, do I I decide to change my internal climate to ask myself where's my contribution or value towards um, being on this planet? So that was what uh, got me started.
1: Wow. Okay. So, I mean, that must have been quite a gamble to like leave a safe corporate good paying i would imagine like you know at least consistently decent pay and then suddenly go you know what i'm just gonna do this instead that would have been quite a large decision to make and was it an easy decision
0: um yes to me frankly because it was an adventure um it's like taking a deep dive into yourself to figure out um what you're made of when you actually face with a blank page hmm. yeah so you want to f- and you you hold the pen this time nobody's you don't have your bosses to, to tell you you go do this you hold the pen you write your story yeah and yeah um
1: were well, you married already when you made this transition. oh yes yes okay. so i
0: okay. i was married i have two boys uh 13 and 16 years old now Yeah, and everybody thought i was nuts i had lost my marbles <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: so <laughs> I mean, it's not a very common thing like, yes, I'm going to leave my very safe, cushy, paid job. I've got kids and a wife and I'm just going to go and do this now. I mean, you are also a personal fitness trainer. So you do have two different income streams in that sense. But uh, it takes, I think, a lot of courage for people to do something like that, to take. And uh, especially, you know, having a very supportive family must make a world of difference to do that.
0: Yes, yes. That's, uh, yeah. The family and kids, uh, I think they know my personality or, or uh, my belief system <clears throat> and I share with them uh, why I'm doing this also. So sometimes, it's um, if, if you don't come from that perspective, it's a little bit hard to relate, but the moment you see things happening, what I'm doing, uh, then you start to relate to, hey, this uh, how, how am I connecting back to all of this? So, yes, uh, that's
1: amazing. Yeah. I mean, they must be really, your boys must be really in tune with looking for their truth and like living as authentic as possible from the get-go, which is really hard in today's society and in today's world, especially with all Uh, that we have.
0: Yes. Yes. So I share with them that uh, this life is an adventure. You are fully responsible for yourself Um, there's no instructional booklet on how to live your life and if everybody is giving you an instruction to do you're being programmed and you would grow up waiting for instructions also on how to live your life so (laughs) i shared with them live your life as an adventure if things are going to happen to you that's that's for sure but it's how do you learn and treasure that experience so that you know you take it uh, it becomes your body armor it becomes your puzzle to fit together and you eventually all these uh, broken pieces of a puzzle come together you will see the big full colorful um experience of that adventure
1: wow okay hashtag truth drop right there yes absolutely um let's uh, talk a little bit about uh Urban farming in that sense, because obviously okay. um, I'd really like if we can get into a bit of the nitty gritty for people to understand how difficult or how easy it actually probably is. And I wanted to know, like with Singapore's climate, you know, in general, because it is quite a tropical country, we don't have very many seasons per se, like we don't have distinct four seasons. Uh, it's pretty much, you know, hot and quite a lot of humidity. Does it make it difficult for us to grow our own herbs in this type of climate? Are we limited to a certain extent with this? Um,
0: Yes, we are limited to a certain extent, to a certain extent. So we want to do uh, or try selective growing. So selective growing, I teach online workshops, so I go into selective growing. I teach people, um, the clients, what are the types of herbs and vegetables to grow that are favorable to this climate? So for example, you have mint. Uh, There are many types of mint. Um, you have basil, you and there are leafy greens, also, such as kale, which is a superfood, and the different types of other spinach that you can grow. So the whole idea is to give you uh, the confidence to actually know what to grow rather than take a guess uh, approach towards growing. So this is what I share with people. So the moment you have that confidence, you know the types of soil to use, uh, the frequency of watering or the approach towards watering the amount of sunlight required uh, when to apply pesticides um, what to look out for how to propagate Um, you have that knowledge you have that knowledge um, let's just say in 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 text in in a word format right and then the next step that you're going to do is to try it so when you experience it you wait for a result to come and based on that result um, you can have a feedback of exchange with me if they go to the workshop and stuff like that and then they take it to the next level so this is how i sort of uh, encase it so that people can um try their hand at growing some organic food yeah.
1: okay and like what do you think are some of the really key factors of growing these vegetables pretty easily like do they need to have a certain type of soil um you know does that need to be a certain location that they have to look out for in their space like what are the essential factors for growing these basic um hubs that we're going to be talking about which ones are the best
0: so for sunlight you need about four to six hours of sunlight that's a requirement unless you're going to grow indoors then you probably have led plant lighting right you need sunlight is a requirement here yeah. And soil type, I always recommend using um, loose, uh, airy soil. So it's very light when it comes in a bag, it's quite fluffy, you can hold it. And if you put your hands into it and you just give it a gentle crush, it just feels like uh, all broken pieces. You don't have clumps of it, it doesn't clump up easily. So that's the type of soil I would recommend. Another key factor, this is my personal recommendation, is to go for organic soil. I don't like the ideas of um, harsh chemicals uh, being mixed into the soil. Um, it's like a nuclear, a mini nuclear uh, bomb that goes off in the soil system. If you have a herbicide or fungicide that goes into the soil, it nukes out every, all the uh, microbiodiversity biodiversity inside the soil. So all your microorganisms are gone, so they don't serve much purpose.
1: Okay, so, and then in terms of pests, though, do we have to really look out for pests? Because I'm 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 not a big fan of, of um, cockroaches and oh. <laughs> any any anything really that is of the insect world is not my bad um, favorite.
0: <laughs> for pests, um, you do have uh, from time to time. If the plant's immune system is down, um, so there are two ways to do this. Uh, to, to sort of upscale yourself is. Uh, to mitigate this is basically you want to fertilize your plants so you boost their immune system that's one and you can apply um organic pesticides to your your plants that you grow is it very
1: necessary though to apply i mean are these types of herbs going to attract insects
0: uh, um no they don't attract insects but i i find that if the immune system is down if the immune system is up chances are i find that they can defend they can defend themselves um if let's just say um, insects were to come, right? Insects are basically, they come there to actually uh, feed off your plant, have a buffet on your plant before you actually consume it. So um, to put it in perspective, it's like this. If uh, the insects don't want to, or the pests uh, don't want to eat your plant, right? Then you might be thinking about not eating that plant also. Right,
1: okay, <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if the insect eats the plant, I find that, hey, you know, yeah, it's a something. good
1: sign.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I put it in context in that, in that manner. But there's no cockroaches that run around and they hide in the plant and stuff like that. Yeah. Unless you are you have like rotten stuff, maybe that... I, I have a compost bin that is made up of organic matter. So banana peels, vegetable peels and stuff like that. But zero roaches, uh, no ants because yeah, the compost pile generates a significant amount of heat.
1: Mm.
0: And it may be uncomfortable for these guys to be around. Yeah. So, right.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So, okay. So, organic soil that's sort of powdery and fluffy. um, Four to six hours of sunlight is a must. So, finding definitely a good sunny spot wherever that might be. And um, hopefully, no insects. And if there are insects, it shows that the plant is probably either weak in immunity, but still very tasty, clearly. So, something's going right, but the immunity is down. So, fertilizer is going to really help with that. Because I had correct. no idea that fertilizer was actually the immune system, like to boost immunity for plants. That, that's awesome. Okay, so so that's there. Um, what are the um, recommended DIY first herbs that a, a very, very, you know, new green thumb person comes into to grow? What are the top three that you would recommend? All right.
0: Um, you could try uh, basil. That's one. You could try Thai basil to be specific. Thai basil. Um, then you have, you could try Cuban oregano, that's too Or and the other one would be um, mint. You could try mint also. Just to add one more, you'd be Indian borage. That's a local. You can find it around.
1: What's a borage? Is it like a spinach or?
0: Um yeah, it's like a big leafy thing. But they they um they use it to brew tea. So um the story behind it is if you have a cough and stuff like that, brew it with some uh, in in hot water and then drink it all up
1: yeah okay um all right and then you also mentioned kale like how easy is kale to to grow because that that expensive yo (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) kale is pretty easy to grow you have to start from seed so it takes about maybe a range of about 30 days and it's not a one-time harvest so i have kale plants that give me leaves I do not chop the whole plant down and start from seed all over again, and it could last for maybe about a year, producing leafy greens for you. So it is easy to grow and it grows well in our weather.
1: Okay. I recommend so, I
0: recommend kale. Yeah, for your for the viewers or the listeners to actually grow kale.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, because then <laughs> don't need to spend money. Lad. so good? Yes. <laughs> <You laughs> just your own. <laughs>
0: uh, a little background on kale. Um, there are studies or reports that say that since it's a superfood and high in demand, right, um, the farmers or the manufacturers or the producers, they, they actually uh, spray lots of pesticides on it because you yeah. you there's a demand on it. So you want it to go out in market looking all nice, like a beauty contest kind of thing. Right. So it's better to actually grow your own
1: Okay, so okay, so that's so on average the turnaround lifespan for these herbs is about thirty days. Would you say for like kale, mint, basil, um, yes. uh, oregano,
0: mm-hmm. uh, to grow kale it takes about thirty days, and then you can harvest it and you can consume the leaves. Uh, for mint and oregano, what I would suggest is you can actually propagate through stem cutting, so you can multiply them easily. So if you sort of mitigate your risk one that one then you can actually um, have the rest of it to yeah, to sustain you the backups. that's mm. correct
1: and and they also sort of you can, to, from seed to harvest is it also about 30 days for mint and and um, organo or Thai basil
0: Thai yeah it's about 30 days and the faster way to grow this is to get a mother plant and use propagate so you don't have to start from seed just for kale, you need to start from seed but for the rest of the guys you can propagate the stem you do a stem cutting and then you can actually propagate it. Yeah, it's faster okay. that way.
1: Okay, so for vis- for listeners and for viewers, like you don't actually have to go down to the garden center to pick up seeds specifically, but you can just get the stems from your local fair price or supermarket and then, yes. and then cut and just grow. But for kale, it's more recommended to go from seed.
0: That's correct, you can't propagate. Um, I've tried, somebody tried, but it was a hit and miss thing. So I would suggest just grow from grow from seeds. You have a higher chance of success this way.
1: And you said that you can just start with, you know, coffee cups or, um, I mean, I, I've read that also you, you do it in from bottles, for example, for two little, was it yes. one and a half or two little bottles that you turn upside down?
0: You can actually use your 1.5 liter Coke or hundred plus bottle. Um, you can just slice it into half. Um, yeah. Use the scissors and cut one round around it, so you split the bottle into half, right? So the one with the neck is the one that you can use to grow uh, vegetables in. So you just fill it up with soil, turn it upside down, fill it up with soil.
1: You need the cap on, I would imagine, though. Um,
0: yes, you can use the yes, that's correct. You can use the cap on. You can make a hole in the cap, or what? Will um, I've tried it this way also without a cap, right? Because when you water, the soil starts to come down and it starts to um stay there it doesn't really flow out anymore they sort of come together yeah they sort of uh, gently clump together right at the bottom yeah so it stays there and then you can actually just uh, put your seeds in and then grow your vegetables out of it
1: oh that's amazing okay wow so it's pretty it's pretty simple and in a month like we could easily get this done like not to say that we want covid and the the circuit breaker to extend for a month. <laughs> but in case there's ever another month and you wanted to start your green thumb opportunities, this would be one of the ways. Um, yep. And you talked about composting earlier. So can you talk about the different types of composting hmm. um, t- that we could probably do at home if people wanted to take a s- venture into that interesting world?
0: Okay, so for composting, there are two types of composting. Uh, one is uh, heat composting. So heat composting is basically you do not use earthworms. You uh, put all your organic matter into a tub or a container, which has holes at the bottom for drainage of uh, fluids or liquids. And then what you do next is uh, you add in all your organic matter and a little bit of uh, soil, organic soil, that has all the rich bacteria and stuff like that. So you sort of, um, you, get, you, you have a lid and you close it, but you have sort of ventilation uh, holes at the side so that you can use a masking tape to block out. So that's, you don't want any other stuff to get into the, the compost bin. Um, over time, what happens is uh, heat and the microorganisms will break down all this uh, compost, and then you can use it. Um, the other one is um, using earthworms. So I have an um, earthworm compost bin. I find the difference between earthworms using working with earthworms and just um, heat composting. Earthworms really do a good job. They really break it down, and you look at the compost, it's really fine. And I actually use the liquid, uh drippings right you can actually dilute it with water and fertilize your plants if you want to so so um, if you ask me which one do i prefer i would say i prefer to work with the earthworms because yeah they do a faster and better job and they're really nice to look at <laughs> that's that's how i yeah, it's something of nature so i i work with earthworms mushrooms uh, fungi and uh, sometimes from time to time you get a bee coming you get a butterfly coming so it's quite uh, therapeutic when you see these things uh, lying around you. Yeah.
1: What's the turnaround time when you use heat composting compared to the earth one composting? Okay. Like so how fast to break down and then you can actually use the fertilized.
0: All right. Compost. Um, so let's say we go with a similar size tubs just to give it a controlled environment, Sim- similar, similarized, similarized settings. All right. Okay. Mm. Um heat composting would take maybe a month right at full let's say full thirty days um and earthworms would um take probably two weeks, I would say just to put everything in context oh
1: wow, okay, so earthworms would be a lot faster, and then you would just use that um you would just use that as natural fertilizer again for your for correct. your plants and stuff okay yeah. and is it relatively easy because you did start with oyster mushrooms but is it easy to grow mushrooms
0: um, yes, you, uh, for oyster mushrooms yes uh, but you need a slightly cleaner environment because um, there are con- contaminations um, the probability of con- contamination is there because of your air um, you cannot see what is in your air so you you want to have a clean room environment or a steel box you work within a steel box environment but so would mushrooms be
1: able to grow indoors compared to the rest then
0: um yes yes it's uh the the, the part to get it right is to have your environment right have environment in the preparation stage once you have it right um yeah it takes off from there
1: okay so that's really good news i mean essentially you could have your own compost system which then makes your own fertilizer which then ox you know builds the immunity for your herbs and plants which take roughly about 30 days uh to to really harvest but then in terms of regrowth you know once you have the mother plant it's it's continuously going um so it's not it's not as intimidating as i i i actually thought it would probably be so that's (laughs) kind of good news it's almost like now the only thing is to just get the things together and how easy is it to get materials like I mean obviously the bottle and the tubs like you could probably get from recycled materials which I know that you're a big fan of uh, what about like things like organic soil is it relatively easy to pick up from like your local mall or local fair price or is you have to go to a specific location and also earthworms let's say if okay. people wanted to do that
0: for soil, um, garden centers, they do them. So they basically, they'll just stay their organic soil. And then um, what, what other material and stuff that is included in this organic soil. Um, you can buy them from any garden centers or your local uh, supermarket, like NTUC cold storage. They should have them. Um, I buy them from uh, the nature company. So that's where they have all that. They have a lot of, they carry a lot of organic products. Uh, that is something which I prefer to use. Uh, for the fertilizers and stuff, also, uh, you can actually make them using like a seaweed that you, you know, the sushi wrap, the, mm-hmm. but you use the roasted one, so not the salted one. You can actually make your own fertilizers also. So, that is something that you can do, yeah, just a, a DIY, a little DIY.
1: Oh wow! Okay, and then earthworms are uh, oh, right. not exactly next door neighbor. Oh <laughs> uh, no,
0: <laughs> you you can buy them from me. I actually sell them in small compost bins. I breed those earthworms, so you can actually buy them. Uh, WhatsApp me or message me, and I can just uh, sell you a tub of earthworms and teach you how to do uh, earthworm composting.
1: Wow, that's pretty cool. Okay, so for all of those who want to really try you know composting in your in your apartment or house like get in touch with Balan so that you can get your own compost kit with with earthworms and what a better way to get more connected with nature since we're so removed from it at the moment as well that's amazing so Balan you said you have a couple of workshops coming up and I wanted you know could you just share what type of workshops and seminars or programs okay. do you do uh
0: the few workshops that I'm going to do is um, the urban permaculture workshop. Um, it's basically a workshop that teaches you, uh, since we have the lockdown, so I will tailor it to the things that you can do at home. Um, it's about growing your own food, working with uh, recycled matter, and also how to make um, yogurt. So there's a, a element of um, growing and eating at the same time. So that's uh, the urban permaculture workshop that I'll be hosting online. I'll be also hosting uh, workshops um, with regards to online and offline bullying. So that's something on the site that is uh, of interest to me. Um, and uh, self-empowerment workshops also. So the power of I basically, uh, this is on the site. Um, in a nutshell, uh, these workshops revolve around um, the four estates, I call it. Basically, it's your emotional state. Your emotional state flows into your mental state. And your emotions go into your, your thoughts. So your thoughts become your, your emotional, your mental, your physical. So your thoughts, you go into your actions That it's the type of actions that you take And then the last one, it goes into your nutritional state, the types of foods that you put into your body, um, how does it enhance your awareness, so on and so forth. So the workshops that I do are urban permaculture workshops. I also do online fitness workshops. Um, off, online and offline, uh, bullying, that's another workshop. It also covers a bit of uh, emotional vocabulary to help you uh, express yourself better to articulate the thoughts better. So you do not always say, I don't know how I feel, I can't describe it kind of thing. You know? uh, and also self-empowerment, that is rather um, important to me. So you, the whole idea is to have an internal climate change so that our actions uh, on the outside reflect a better climate change for us all together. So just on a, on a side note, it's like uh, I give talks on climate change also and I always share this with people. It's not so much that the climate has changed, but our behaviors have
1: changed. It's yeah, because That's of the fundamental behavior. truth yes. of it really, is that human behavior has changed and now it's affecting the outside world.
0: That is correct, yes. So these are the workshops that I'm running online
1: Okay, that's amazing. So if everyone, if anyone, basically wants to become, you know, a little bit more in tune with their urban farmer hat, or they're interested in things like online and offline bullying and mindsets as well, Balan is definitely a great person to go for. So please definitely click on the links that are below this episode, and yeah, get in touch with Balan. Thank you so much, Balan, for for joining us today. That was really really insightful. I am going to try at least one. Before right. the next conversation, <laughs> I'll try one herb thing okay. and then I might try the compost, but I will, I'll see if I can get kale a try. Mm, okay. uh, maybe basil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> keep going, keep growing. You know, I'll yeah. I,
1: I try one, i try one. Cause I think it's a great activity as well for, for little kids and having a toddler, I think it'd be great if she, she gets into it. So thank you so much for sharing all these. Thank you for recipes.
0: having me on your show. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, just one last question that I'd like to wrap up with is, um, I think you kind of talked about this, but you know, officially I would like to, to ask is like, what is the shift that you want to create for the people, um, you know, in the world with the craft that you do?
0: Okay. So, uh, it comes down to, in a nutshell, or summary, it comes down to self-empowerment where we are responsible for thoughts, actions, emotions, feelings. Um, and if we, empower ourselves we can make a huge difference uh, with the challenges of the world so it's not like uh, everybody just following everybody so if everyone's thinking alike then nobody's really thinking so i want everybody to think independently to challenge where we are today so that we can identify what are the real challenges the world is our classroom is no longer the four walls so if kids grow up with the understanding of the challenges that are active and around today they can come up with actual solutions and they're comfortable with providing solutions and taking action towards those solutions. So this is um, my carbon footprint, if you ask me, that I would like to leave behind. That's
1: amazing. Thank you so much again.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much.